welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello, and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 131, part two for Wednesday the 19th of December 2018. Imagine my surprise at being here today when I thought that I would be off in Spain before you heard from me again. But, you know, I peaked too early. I was so organised that I had all my podcasts done and edited and everything was ready by the time I recorded the diary on Friday. So once I'd edited that version, um, I had our weekend working again and I got loads of things done and I was going to carry them forward until the first new diary of January. And then I thought, you know what, this is going to be old news by then. So what I decided to do, because I had so much to tell you, uh, I thought I'd just stick another diary in there. So it has to be episode 131 part two, because I've already recorded 132 to 135 and it messes the numbering up. So that's why I'm here on a Wednesday at this unexpected time with this update. But as I say, I was really surprised. I had one of those weekends I'd just done everything. So I thought, well, I might as well just get on with some other stuff then and start working through my list for 2019, which I did and made quite good progress, actually. So I just talked you through a few things which I want to share with you because I thought, well, by the time I do these in a month's time, it's going to be old news. I might as well let you know about these before we head off to Spain. So I can tell you that the bag is packed. Everything's ready to go. The passports are out. I've done a day's work today. I've got a day's work to do tomorrow. And then I'm straight out of the door of the train and over to the airport. So, you know, we really are on the last minutes now. So I didn't think I'd just squeeze this one in and let you know what I've been up to. So the first thing that I want to tell you about is that I have discovered a service for people who are wide. And I can't remember who told me about this. I heard it on somebody's podcast and I can't remember whose it was. Um, But I'd never heard of this site before. If I have, I haven't done nothing with it. And it's a site called Book Tracker. So it's B-O-O-K Book Tracker, which is T-R-A-K-R, tracker.com, booktracker.com. And basically, this is like um, kind of a book report, but it's for when you're wide. Uh, It's not quite right yet. And in actual fact, I just set it up at the weekend that I can see that it's not quite, we're not quite there yet. So basically, uh, it it covers the stores, Amazon, which you'd expect it to, Apple, Barnes and Noble, Smashwords. Well, I never listed on Smashwords. I took one look at it, had a look at that book formatting guide and thought, no, thank you very much. And headed for Draft to Digital, where I've been happy ever since. Also, it takes Kobo. And then also create space. Now, of course, create space doesn't exist anymore. And I did actually uh, set it up for create space because I thought, well, I have got some residual sales on there. I wonder if it'll pull those reports in. And at the moment, it just seems to be stuck forever in in checking mode. Um, it does Google Play and Draft to Digital. So the only one I can't access there is Publish Drive. They need to access Publish Drive uh, if they can, and then that'll pull everything in. I'll be able to see all my numbers. But at the moment. I set up my profile and no one's uh, no one's charged me for anything yet. So it looks like it's free. You, you set up your profile, which is straight enough, then uh, straightforward enough, I should say. And then you go and add the stores, which I've done. And, and then it does this thing called fetching data. And it says, we'll email you where we fetch the data. Well, at the moment, it seems to be jammed. So it says, current step. Fetching sales data for Google Play. So I'm in no rush with this, but I just thought, oh, that's good. If I can pull in, you know what I was saying to you? I think I was only saying to you at the last diary, actually, uh, that it's such a problem when you're wide because you've got payments coming left, right and centre. So, for instance, I had a payment from 
draft the digital today, which was for, I think it was 550 quid. And then I got another one coming in two days time from draft the digitals for 103 quid. And I'm, I'm not quite sure where the extra hundred quid came from, you know, and, and I'm, you know what I'm like, I, I'm, I could go sit and wait and through all the numbers, but to me, I, it's like, well, is that a good use of my time? Um, but I, I don't quite know why I, I've got those two separate payments, but I'm not complaining either, by the way, because it was more than I thought was coming in. Um, so hopefully this book tracker, when it finally stops fetching book data and decides that it's going to give me some numbers, might be a useful tool. So I just recommend that to you. And I'll, I kind of let you know where we are up to when I get back from Spain. But I thought, well, set that up. You know, it doesn't look like it's got a charge. Certainly not yet. I haven't seen anything that's trying to charge me, but I wasn't even aware of that. I can't believe that I've been in this sort of game now for how many years? And, and I still keep learning about things that I'd never heard of before. Uh, Joanna Penn mentioned something on her podcast today. I'm just trying to think what it is. It's an audio book, uh, an audio book kind of provider and distributor that's almost as big as, as Audible. I've never even heard of it before. So, you know, however long you're in this game, you're always new, learning new stuff. And however many podcasts I listen to, I still keep learning new stuff. Um, I hadn't realised, you know, that I've been working through the Chris Fox books um, and I thought I'd work through them all. And then when I was tidying up my study a little bit before I head off, I found Launch to Market from Chris Fox. I thought I'd read that, but I hadn't. I'd put it at the bottom of the pile. And I was reading that. And do you know what? I have to say that that's i'd rec- really recommend that you read it because there was loads of stuff in there and it and again it closed some knowledge gaps for me and there was loads of stuff in there that i didn't know about i kind of half knew it or i'd heard mention of it but i didn't know the the detail of it and i'll go through what it tells you but i found it a really interesting read it's ever so uh, quick to read i mean you read it in an hour and i just went through i've gone through all of chris fox's books making pencil marks but let me just tell you what i learned from that You'll remember it was a couple of weeks ago I said to you, oh, I'd, I, when I was talking about rapid release, I'd heard about the 30 and 60 day cliffs. I didn't really know what the 60 day cliff was. And in Launch to Market, Chris Fox explains that. He explains the 30, 60 and 90 day cliffs really well. I've never had it explained so well. So I now understand what the 30, 60 and 90 day cliffs are. And then, as you know, I was talking about maybe launching to Martha Carr's very severe kind of rapid release formula, which is something like seven days, 14 days, 28 days, and then every 28 days afterwards. So this is in contrast to that. So if I find I can't meet my writing schedule for 2019, which is pretty ambitious, and you'll hear about it in my 2019 goals, if I start that and think, there's no way I'm keeping this up, then this has given me the confidence reading this book to actually pivot to the 30, 60, 90 day cliffs because they're much more achievable for for mortals, mere mortals. And, and I, I'm not sure. So I'm not even sure I want to write as fast as my goals are next year. But the other thing I did over the weekend, actually, I forgot to add this to the notes, is I had said to you that I wanted to do some dragon dictation. And the other thing I did, I got loads done at the weekend. It was a funny old weekend. I got my book out for dragon dictation and I've put it on the shelves now, I can't remember who the author is, but it's the guy who does Dragon Dictation. And I'd read the book before, and I got it out, and I made a list of the key commands. I thought, let's just do this uh, and work out what the key commands I need to know are to use Dragon. And I went through that book, looking for all the tips and things, and I've made a, a checklist of it, which is in the my tray, all ready to get going on. And then I thought, you know, I might... It was. It's not that complicated. 
And I thought I might have a go at this. This might help me reach those ambitious goals. So again, I, you know, until I get back from Spain, I won't, I won't really know what I'm finally committing to. But that 30, 90, 30, 60, 90 day cliff really gave me some consolation that if I start this ambitious writing program and maybe even try some dictation and think, I can't keep this speed up, this is not for me, then I'll shift to the 30, 60, 90 day cliff, which sounds okay to me. It looked perfectly reasonable to me in terms of what uh, Chris Fox was explaining. I, you know, I'm not quite sure why Martha Carr sort of does it faster, but I'm quite happy to learn from people who do it extremely well. But um, 30, 60, 90 day cliff, if you're hearing about rapid release and thinking, oh, couldn't do that, do check out Launch to Market by Chris Fox. Now, the other thing that Chris Fox did is he explained categories and keywords well. Now, I knew that you could, I knew that you've got seven keywords in Amazon. Now, I knew that by changing some of those keywords, you could extend the number of categories that you're listed. And he explained that really well, the, the cross between categories and keywords and how you could use keywords to get yourself into other categories. That was really good. Best I've seen that explained. The other thing that I've never seen explained before, and it was explained brilliantly by Chris Fox, is the ranking systems. So you could look at an author, an author's rank, and you could, he tells you how many books they'll be selling per week, per day. And you could also look at your rank and see about that and how, which ranks you should aim for and things like that. The absolute revelation for me in that book, as I say, you know, it's been really valuable time this weekend, um, was when he was talking about stacking ads. Now, you know that when I do, when I do a promo, I have always done the book bub first and then I followed it up with a free booksy and something else. And I've always found that extra push has maybe got me to the number one spot. But Chris Fox says, don't do that because the Amazon algorithm doesn't like this. Now, this is the first I've ever heard of this. Um, and it, it, and it was brilliant. You know, it's, it's, you can tell, I think it's a really good book. And, and to me, in terms of kind of practical advice, things that I can do and things I need to know right now, this was the best book for that, for immediate, actionable things that I could do. So what he said is that to, to build the algorithm, Amazon doesn't like it. If it suddenly sees this massive influx of downloads, Amazon kind of discounts that very quickly. And what Chris Fox was saying is if you've got a book bub, you should build up to it slowly so that the sales build up and then you've got this crescendo. And then it will take that peak rather than seeing it as an anomaly it will see it as a crescendo to building sales, and it will therefore promote you and hold your ranking for longer. I've never heard that before from anybody else. And that was just a revelation to me. So he says, start with smaller promo sites first, then work up to the book bub. Amazon prefers that. Fantastic. And then the other thing that was really interesting for me was that he's got really good just pricing and launch info, how much to price at when you launch and when to change your price and things like that. It was absolutely brilliant. And if you have a book out now, that's the one I'm going to tell you to just buy and consume it in an hour with a pencil in your hand or a highlighter, and you will get a lot of interest, immediate interest out of that. So for instance, I've taken, I've read right to market once, and I'm taking it out to Spain with me because I want to extract loads of information for if I write in military sci-fi and I want to get all the, I was going to call them memes, what they call tropes, aren't they, with books. So I get all the tropes out of the books. So, um, but right to market is probably something that you couldn't 
take a load of tips out and action them immediately. They're more of a slow burn. Launch to Market is a fast burn book. If you have a book or several books out, you will get benefit out of reading that book. It was brilliant. So I hope I've enthused about that enough, you know, to, to convey how positive I felt about that book. It was really good. Something else I did at the weekend. Now, why did I do this? I, I can't even remember how I ended up doing these jobs. Oh, I know. I know what it was. I think I, I basically... I don't know whether I told you this in the last diary. I, I got a bill for my site ground hosting and site ground is really great hosting. And what I'd done with, I've got about 10 websites and I'd split them over two hosting packages because when I tried to put them all on one hosting package, I burned up the resources very fast and, and they incurred extra billing and things. So I had to do something to manage them. So I, I put them over two um, hosting packages. And at the time, the hosting packages were only about £100 each. It was an ex- excellent value, so I didn't think anything of it. Well, I got a renewal bill for SiteGround. It's gone up horrendously. It was going to be, you know, high 200s, 300s, something like that. Can't remember what it was with, what, by the time the VAT was added, but it was, it was too much to have my, my websites on there that aren't particularly doing very much. They're really just kind of holding sites. You know, they're not massive e-commerce sites or anything like that. They're just author sites. And so what I was doing is I, I, I took out some hosting called A2 Hosting. I moved all the sites over to A2 Hosting, closed down one of the SiteGround accounts, and then one by one moved the websites back onto my existing SiteGround account and then kept building it up and looking at the resources and thinking, oh, great, I can actually get all of these on there. I think I deleted two old sites that I'm just not going to use anymore. And um, and by the time I'd done that, I could keep my 10 sites and I've got enough space. I've only used about two thirds of the resources. So there's plenty of wriggle room in there. And in so doing, I've saved myself a 300 quid bill for hosting every year. And I, I messed up one of the migrations. Um, I thought I downloaded the files I hadn't. So I had to rebuild the site. And in actual fact, I'm pleased I did because the site's way better than it was before. And what I wanted to have on that site, it was my clixio.com site. I wanted to have links to my author pages. And, and I got it. I had a look at my books to read, which is the draft, the digital kind of author service. And then realized that I got a bit mixed up. I, for some reason, I got two of the books to read links on some of my books. And I, and I hadn't realized, and I might have even heard this on a podcast. You know, I, I can't remember where I hear a lot of this stuff. Um, but I, I checked it. Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. I was listening to another podcast from the science fiction and fantasy podcast. And it was, uh, who's the guy who wrote the fo- Facebook book? Michael Cooper. As Michael Cooper was talking about this. That's where I got it from. And, um, and so I, I, I delved into the, into the books to read. And I, I hadn't really ever looked at my author pages on books to read. And when I looked at that, you get carousels on there and I, and I hadn't realized you could edit them and customize them. So I went in there and I was customizing them and creating carousels. And I realized I'd got um, two kind of books to read links. I, I can't remember how, because it had grown up in a haphazard fashion. And what I did is I just went all the way through books to read. I made sure I only got one version of each link and each link was customized as a nice bespoke short link. And I went through both of my author pages for sci-fi and thrillers. And I made sure a nice photo was there. The text was good. Uh, the carousels worked and I'd only got one copy of each book. And they're, they're brilliant. They're really, really good. I really rate books to read. And this is why I like draft the digital because they continue to innovate. I really like companies that innovate all the time and draft the digital are constantly doing that. So I, I basically completely got on top of books to read and I've never really paid that much attention to it though. I have made sure all my books are kind of pulled in 
in all of the um, sales channels that I'm in. So, you know, that felt like a really good thing to do. And what I did is I went to my Clixio.com site, which is only a holding site. It's really only there for business reasons in that it, it just says what the parts of my business are. Because when I had to go, do you remember I, I have tenders uh, that I, you know, I tender for? And what I wanted to do is just split the parts of the business. So I call the big business Clixio.com. The only reason I call it that is because I paid a lot of money for that domain name when we were running a Facebook software. And having paid all that money for it, I'm sure as hell keeping it. <laughs> so, the, so that's why the business is called this bizarre name called Clixio, which is a great name for an app, um, but not a brilliant name for a business. But it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what it's called, so you can identify the thing. And um, so there are three strands to my my business. It's kind of Clixio Publishing, which is my self-published books. Clixio Podcasts, which are obviously, you know, the podcasts, and Clixio Training, and that is the work that I, the corporate work that I do, and the advisor work that I do through the tenders, and I wanted to strip those off, because I had to provide accounts uh, to, to get the tender, and I didn't want to put the accounts in for all the other bits that's no one's business so I just put the training accounts in um, and I just call that Clixio training now so I just wanted to split the elements of the business off so I could account them separately that's what you know it was just it was just uh, an organizational thing that's all so I, I don't really need that site but I just have it there and I have a separate Clixio publishing site only because I heard Joanna Penn say that when you start to sell foreign rights and things like that people quite like it even though I'm I'm a nobody it's just me at my study desk it just makes you look sort of bigger, more organized, more formal if you've got that Clixio publishing or that, that publishing site. And also when, when they put the publisher section, when I list my books and the publisher sections there, I always say it's Clixio publishing there rather than Paul Teague. So it just looks a little bit better, doesn't it? It looks a bit more formal, I guess. But anyhow, again, recommended books to read author pages. It's worth taking the time. It's not complicated. It's worth taking the time to dig into those, create your author pages, tidy up your books. So you've got these pretty links for all of your books. And incidentally, I'm using those books to read links now. Do you remember the Google? project that I'm doing at the moment to send traffic to a web page. It's easier for me to, um, I have basically direct links to Amazon, Kobo, Apple, Barnes and Noble, and whatever one I've just missed out. Plus I have um, all other outlets and that goes to my books to read uh, link for my, for my book. So it just means that people can buy easily whatever they're doing. But re I really recommend getting on top of that draft the digital, that books to read author pages. They're really good, a really good asset to have. Another book that I'm just about to finish this evening, when I've recorded this, I'm going to finish this book, is I'm reading How to Write a Sizzling Synopsis by Brian Cohen. And I've got to tell you, that's a, it's a brilliant book. Brian's done a brilliant job of distilling you know, how he writes a synopsis. Um, I really recommend it. Now, you, you'll have heard me saying that I had some um, synopses uh, done by Brian a long time ago. And whilst I recognise they follow the formula, I, I sort of felt that you really needed to kind of know the books to get the, the feel of them. And um, so I sort of felt I was better writing my own synopsis. I don't really mind, I don't like writing synopses, but I don't think I'm appalling at it. But I, I got to tell you that, you know, with Brian's distilled knowledge in that book, it's a really good book to buy. Again, I know I'm telling you to buy loads of stuff, but it is. Buy it in paperback. Don't buy the Kindle version, get the paperback. When, you, when you're reading factual books, non-fiction books, always buy the paperback so you can scribble in them. Just make them working documents and keep coming back to them to remind yourself of all the bits inside them. So I've scribbled all over this. I'm about two thirds of the way through it, actually. It'll get finished tonight. Loads of great 
writing tips in there about a synopsis, a complete formula for writing a synopsis. So as I say, my choice is going to be that I am going to write the synopsis rather than out, a synopsis rather than outsourcing it. And that book is brilliant. Brian Strachan done a great job of that. Um, and if you if that if you feel that number one you can't afford to pay for Brian's service, you know, or number two you'd rather because you know the books are well, you'd rather write the synopsis yourself. Because you know, in all fairness to anybody writing a synopsis, they, they haven't got time to read the book. Um, and they don't know the book as well as you do. And so because I don't feel too worried about that. You know, when I was in, in, in radio, for instance, you used to have to write every news story as three to four lines. That's a synopsis, isn't it? You have to take a very complex story for a, for a news clip. And then if you, if it, was a, if it was a slightly extended story, we used to do something called a voicer. So every news item, listen, listen to the news bulletins that they're all generally about three or four lines. They have a, a top line, which is kind of like the, the line that, um, I guess it's the, the first line of a synopsis. It's, it's something that grabs you. And then if you have something slightly longer, you might have a 20 second or three line introduction. And then it'll say something like Paul Teague reports. And then I would do what's called a voicer, which is a short script summarizing a complex story. And that would be something like 20 seconds to 40 seconds. That's generally the length that they would be. So I've been doing this all my life, really distilling complex stories and turn them into something, um, you know, very, very succinct and easy to get the head, my head, your head round. But obviously, you know, Brian adds some extra techniques in his book and he, he can, he turns it into a formula. And when I was reading this, I thought this is great. You know, I could, I could, I could condense this book down into a into a half page of A4, so that when I'm writing my own synopses or checking my own synopses, my blurbs, um, I can just apply his formula and say, "Have I done this? Did I do that? Did I do that? Did I? But that's good. That's good to go. That passes the the Brian Cohen formula." So uh, again, another book. I know I'm, I'm getting you, you know if you get book tokens or vouchers or anything over Christmas, I know I'm giving you loads of books to buy at the moment. Um, but highly recommended. It's really good. I've I have all these books in a pile. I'm just trying to work through them as fast as I can. They're not long. It's taken me no time at all to go through that. You can just whiz through it. You know, extract the information from it and create a formula. Uh, just a little by the by, I have put, uh, you, you'll know that I've got um, sort of Google adverts running to this page and um, I, I keep trying to refine it. I, I want to have another session with one of the Google reps. But the, the other thing I was doing, I was just checking that I could monitor clicks on buttons and I, I'm kind of just still watching this and I spent a bit more time on it over the weekend, added a few keywords. Um, I, I, I can't, I'm not going to leave this alone. I'm going to keep putting little budgets on this because... I feel this ought to work. This Google ads ought to work. So I am going to keep pushing this. I'm doing it in a small way. Very happy with the traffic, but not happy with the conversions. So I'm going to keep working away at it. Um, but really what I need is a, is a rep call in the new year to say, look, I've, I've focused this down. I've done this. I've done this. You know, why? What's wrong here? What, what isn't working here? So I'm going to keep going at that and I'll keep you updated. I wanted to let you know that, um, on Friday night, I'd done everything and I want, I knew that when we go to Spain, they do a, a run of it's four or five kilometer run. And I've been keeping an eye out to see where the details of this run are published because I, I want to do it. They do it on um, New Year's Eve. And I did one in Lorette de Mar. We were in Lorette de Mar three years ago and I, I can't remember. I must have seen adverts for it or something like that. And I just turned up on the day and did the run. It was great fun. I loved it. And uh, I thought I'm going to do one while we're in Benidorm this year too. So um, I registered for this run. It's only 4K, which is great. And it's on the flat. So it'll be a lot easier than the park run I've been doing. Um, so 
I'm going to be doing a 4K run in Spain on New Year's Eve, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. It It sort of goes all along the front of, of Benidorm. So really looking forward to that. I was watching a video for it at the weekend. And then I said to my wife on Friday night, you know, I've got all my work done. I don't need to be up to do anything tomorrow. I'm going to do another park run tomorrow because if I'm, if I'm doing this run, I might as well just have another, you know, keep myself fit, keep myself going. So I did another park run. So my target was to do three park runs in, in a, in the quarter of the year. And I ended up doing four. So when you hear my pre-recorded um, assessments, goals, um, when I say I did three park runs, just add one to that. But um, when you hear my goals for 2019, you'll hear that sort of fitness and running are involved in those. So just bear that in mind. But um, yeah, it was quite nice. I felt quite proud of myself actually getting an extra one in. Um, still, st- <laughs> st- oh, it was cold. It was so cold on Saturday. Uh, oh, it was cold. And um, I-, I haven't got any long trousers. I wear shorts. You know, I kind of do it the old fashioned PE kind of way. But I did have a Santa hat on. I did get. I put, actually, I put the. Um, I put my tweet on the resources page at selfpublishingjourneys.com if you didn't see it. But I did have my Santa hat on because it was a Christmas themed uh, park run. It didn't take me long to warm up though when they set us off. And um, I also the other thing I've done this year is you know what I'm into measuring. You know you've got to measure stuff otherwise you can't improve. I bought myself one of the things I've been struggling with on this park run and actually. You know, if you're not interested in running anything, that's fine. But this does have business applications, what I'm about to tell you, is I just bought myself a kind of cheap digital watch with a stopwatch on because when I'm running round, I don't know what my time is. So because I haven't set goals and I can't monitor goals, I can't, it's hard for me to improve my time because, you know, if I run too fast, I'll keel over and stop or get a stitch. There's only so fast I can run at the moment. But if I, what I was thinking when I was running around on Saturdays, if I knew, if I got a lap time, and this is like you're writing word counts, if I got a lap time, then I would be able to see whether I was on target, behind, or in front of target. And so I thought, I'm not going to be able to improve my time until I'm actually timing my way around. So we do five laps now because we're on the winter course. We can't go on the sort of the you know the grass we're on the path so it's five laps and I'm I'm doing that in I know this is embarrassing right but there's a lot of uphill in my defense it's the hardest 5k run I've done um and also there was a there was a guy there who was visiting people visit from other park runs so if they're staying in Carlisle they go and do the Carlisle park run there was a guy there who was like lean and fit um uh it was it was an older guy I don't know how old he was he must have you know 65 70 something like that but obviously a fit 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 guy and um, I noticed that he sort of dropped out after about four laps. And I, I don't know whether this is true or not, but I did wonder whether it caught him surprised with the hills in ours because it is a hilly run. Um, I'm really looking forward to this Benidorm one because it's flat. Um, anyhow, um, I've bought myself a stopwatch because I was just saying to my wife, you know, I need a timer because I, I don't know whether I'm behind or ahead. It's difficult to improve my time if I can't monitor my results as I'm going around. So uh, at the moment, it takes me it's th- 37 minutes to do the five laps. Well, if I'm timing myself, it should be fairly easy for me to pull that to seven minutes a lap. So I'm aiming for seven minutes a lap, basically. But if I don't set goals and monitor my goals, this is why I'm telling you this, because it has a business application, then how will I ever improve? Uh, This goes to Chris Fox's book. He says the same, set goals, then you could monitor your goals, and you could monitor your progress. And it's exactly what I do with my writing. I set a target of 5,000, and I don't stop until I've gone through the goal. So if you're going to improve anything, you've got to measure and monitor it. So there you go. That's my kind of my analogy with my running. And I realized that when I was running around on Saturday, I thought I can't run blind. 
you know, I'm not timing myself. All I get is this timing at the end because I haven't got a clue how fast I'm doing a lap. I don't know whether I'm behind, you know, or forward. And how am I ever going to improve my time? When I basically, I get my time about an hour after I've done the run, they email it to you. Um, I'm just completely blind. So I need to set goals. And then if I know it's seven minutes a lap, I know whether I'm going to get a move on or not. And that's how I'm going to improve my performance. So I now have, I just got a cheap digital watch and uh, from Argos, 10 quid. I thought, right, that's going on and I'll just start the stopwatch and I'll monitor my lap progress. My uh, book funnel promo uh, finishes, uh, has finished, I should say. And I just wanted to give you the final results on that. I got 207 new subscribers in two weeks, 100 subscribers a week. Phase six, my sci-fi book got 244 downloads. The grid got 208 downloads. Now, it's interesting because the sci-fi book funnel promo that we did, that had fewer clicks overall, but I got more downloads from that per per book. Well, I say that in the thriller, I got 169 of Don't Tell Meg, which I find interesting because if you want, it's my lead book for sales, whereas Dead of Night got 319 downloads, and that's with Paul's dodgy cover on it. So, Across the two promos, I got 940 books downloaded. So I was quite happy with that. I think everybody who took part in the promo has obviously sent a lot of traffic to that. Um, and there were 30 participants in each of the promos. So again, um, I know I said this on Saturday, but I, I want to recommend Book Funnel to you. It was very easy to host that promo. There's nothing technical about it at all. You simply step forward, you set the theme, um, you set the rules for the promo, and then you could very easily send a couple of messages to people. I also set up some promo graphics. It's really nice if you've got some promo graphics. Um, and I generally find the quality very good. Um, so again, with GDPR, I, I, so that's 940 books. And, you know, we were less than a, a quarter of that um, subscribed. I, I don't mind that because I want people who really want to be on my list. And of course, people who read the books might go on to buy other books. And also they might go on to subscribe as a result of reading my book. So I'm, you know, I'm quite happy with those numbers. I understand that they're down from the old days of these promos, but they're still a great way, I think, to, to build up your list. At the weekend, I sorted out my whiteboard. You know how much I love scrubbing the old whiteboard off and everything's got a green tick next to it. I think I did everything, did everything on the marketing list and I did everything on my quarter four list. I'll go through that in the next diaries that I've pre-recorded for you in detail. Um, and you'll see the photographs of my planning board. But um, yeah, the planning board's all up there. Quarter one, January to March. I've got a new list of marketing jobs to do as well. I've actually, I've already ticked off the, the first two things of a marketing list. This is what I was saying to you. I hadn't expected to do that. So on my on that marketing list were launch to market and sizzling synopsis. Those are my first two ticks because I've got them done already, which, which feels very good. I'm ahead of my 2019 goals. But as I say, I expected to be running around packing bags, sorting out Spain and uh, editing loads of podcasts this weekend and I was way ahead of myself so um I, I've used the weekend productively as you can hear I changed the price of don't tell Meg at the weekend and I think I probably told you last time that I was going to change it back to 299 ready for bookbub but what I did instead because I've got this residual traffic from the promos I decided instead if I change it to 99 pence and 99 cents that basically puts me back in control of my KDP dashboard, I uh, when I ask, I had to ask you. You have to ask uh, KDP or Kindle, Amazon even to make it free 
and that kind of overrides your KDP dashboard. And then what you then have to do is I made it 99 pence and cents in Kobo and, and published drive everywhere else. When it had changed the price, I, I, I sent the links to Amazon and because they price match, I said, Oh, by the way, it's now priced at 99 pence and cents. So, and, and I, I put that in my KDP dashboard. And so I'm now back on KDP dashboard control, which means that when I'm ready to put it back to 299 or whatever I decide to price it at, I've now got control over that. I don't have to go to Amazon anymore. So what I thought I would do rather than going straight to 299, I thought it made more sense as I've got a lot of traffic washing over the book, um, as residual from the promos I did, uh, free booksy and what was it? Fussy librarian and ebook reader news whatever it's called e-reader news today ent yeah um i might as well leave it at 99 pence and cents and then after christmas and new year i will switch it to 299 and then at the end of january i'll pitch for a book bub again one of the things i think i'm going to try in the next year and again I, i do i am guilty of thinking in very compartmentalized ways it takes me it takes quite a long time sometimes for the penny to drop with me or for me to see the links um I think I would like to try a BookBub promo with a book priced at 99 pence and cents. I've always done it for free. And I think that if you price, and you'll notice in in this week's interview that John Highmarsh was talking about this too. He doesn't like free. He prices at 99 pence and cents. I I would not put a standalone book in like that because I think at the most I'd just cover my money probably. I might make a little bit of profit, but it wouldn't do very much. I'd probably make a little bit of profit, which is fine, I guess. But I'm not really sure what the point of that is other than to get my books into people's hands. I want to, I want it to drive sales of a series. So I think I might try Don't Tell Meg Next as a 99 pence or cents promo and I might price it say at 399. So the price drop looks better uh, in readiness for that and, and see. When if you get a better quality of reader stroke reviewer when you do 99 pence and cents, and if you also get the read-throughs of books two and three, like you do with a freebie. Now, when when you do when you sell um when you do freebies, I, I've done about 30,000, 35,000 downloads for a freebie, and then that could give me a 5,000 pound month from that. So I just wonder, I ought to try it really. I ought to try a 99 pence cents promo and see how that goes. So that's something I'm going to aim for in the new year. And it might, you never know, it might even make it easier to get a book book promo. I don't know. I'll give it a try. I did some mopping up work on Saturday morning with so many lies. So I'd edited it and gone through it. And I had to do a couple of name changes. I was guilty of having how many names that I have beginning with D. I had Debbie, Diana, and Dan. And you know, I looked in my notes. I mean, honestly, Paul, for goodness sake, man, I looked in my planning notes and the the protagonist was supposed to be called Ben. I still called him Dan. I called him Dan all the way through it. But in my notes, he was Ben. And I'd even got the character who was a character from, or oh, it was something I watched on telly that I loved. And he was called Ben. So I'd even got, I'd even cast the character. I still called him Dan. So I had Dan, Diana, and Debbie, for goodness sake, in my book. And only when I read it through did I realise that I'd got three Ds in there. For goodness sake. And even my planning notes, those are not the names I put. So for goodness sake. Anyhow, you know, it's, it's easy enough to do with a find and replace. So I think Debbie's, I think she's Susan now. We've still got Diana and he's Ben. So I sorted the names out. The other thing I, I had, I repeated a phrase. So it's that book now is nine, it's 95,000 words, that book all in now. And I'd repeated a phrase. And what was the phrase I'd repeated? 
can't remember what it was, but it, I'd repeated about 30 times this phrase in the whole book, over 95,000 words. So I went through and I, I changed every single one of them except one. I just So I just let the phrase be in there once. All right, so I'm a devil at this. I'm a devil at names and I'm a devil at repeater words. I really am terrible at those things. Um, you know, I only catch them in the edit. And then I also went through it with a fine tooth comb for spelling and grammar. So that book is is ready to go for a formal edit. Now it's say so it's as you know as good as I can make it, but it, I've got it in a fit state. Uh, you know, it reads properly. I, I I changed a few plot points. I had a plot point problem. Um, it was a photograph. Um, a photograph was stolen, and I was I was struggling a bit with this. And then I just it just came to me on Saturday morning. Um, I needed to make sure that one of the baddies I'd got him in a family photograph and he couldn't that couldn't happen the family weren't supposed to know who this baddie was but I needed something to be stolen and I needed somebody to be suspicious about this guy and it just came to me on Saturday morning it needs to be a newspaper cutting he's seen this guy in a newspaper so he's got a photo of the guy and he thinks he recognizes him that's why he's got the cutting so I solved a little plot problem as well and I also had to align the beginning and the end so when I started even though I knew where the story was going I just had to align the details of the very first part of the book the very last part of the book just uh, because they were written so long apart and it just that just needed some tweaks so as I say the whole story is fine now you know all the plot holes gone little problems that I had repeater words name changes it's ready for a, a formal kind of professional edit now and of course when it gets edited there'll be all sorts of things found of course there will but it's kind of ship shape as far as I'm concerned to hand over to an editor the other thing I did at the weekend because I, I needed to do this before I go to Spain I could do it in Spain, but I don't want to. I wanted to get all these jobs I must do out of the way before I go to Spain. So that if, if I didn't lift a finger while I was out there in three weeks, I will lift a finger. But if I didn't, then it wouldn't matter. Everything, everybody would get everything they're expecting at the right time. Um, so the last part of that was to get my monthly email, my December email to my subscribers. So that will go out on the, the last uh, Sunday of the month, which is the thir- 30th. Yeah, 30th of December. And I'll, it's in MailerLite, so I've got an auto-resend on it as well. So it'll go out a couple of days later as well. So that's all queued up and ready to go. And that's me stuck to that personalized email system for a year now. That's the 12th email going out from me that's personalized. Uh, so I really enjoyed, really enjoyed that. Um, it, it's, you know, lots of pictures, lots of personal stuff in there. Uh, one thing that I'm really getting on well with, and I've done it again in this one, is I've asked a reader question. I'm going to do this every month now. I'm going to turn them into, into blog posts. I think they're really interested in the results I'm getting. So I think in this one, I, w- I did want to ask about violence in books, but I thought, oh, no, not in the new year. That's not really the first message that, <laughs> that you want in your first new year email. So instead, I've asked a question this month about humor in books. Do you like humor in thrillers? Books that are supposed to be serious. Do you mind a little bit of humor in those books? So um, I'm just going to, I'm going to ask questions like that because the answers I'm getting from readers are just brilliant. They're going to give me really, all I'm going to do when I do a blog post is a short introduction and just cut and paste the replies I got, all the good replies that I got. Um, and I think that's, that'll be really useful for you as listeners to just see what responses I got to some of these kind of key author questions. So if you've got really good questions that you think I could ask the audience. So I, I've got one for this month, which is humor in books, humor in books that are uh, primarily serious books, not comedy books. Do you mind a bit of humour in there? Do they take you out of the book? 
And then the next one I'm going to ask about violence in books, in, in thrillers and sci-fi books. How, you know, how much is too violent? Do you mind violence in books? Do you want warnings about violence? Um, so if you've got some great ideas that I could ask my kind of readers, do, do let me know. Um, but I'm, I just works really well and it, it allows me then to have conversations with readers and engage with readers. So, um, yep, that's all set up and ready to go at the end of December. I've got one. Uh, actually, I had to mention this before January because it would have gone off because uh, Tim Lewis uh, tweeted me to say that it was so cold outside. He was getting in the mood for Christmas with a turkey sandwich and uh, the turkey sandwich would have gone off if I'd have mentioned that in January. So uh, thanks for your tweet, Tim. Um, on my Twitter, I must mention my Twitter channel, actually, because we get some really good little conversations going on there. Um, very, very sort of interesting responses. And on Twitter, I am at Paul Teague UK. I've actually just closed the at secret bunker fan one I had. I don't, it's probably gone by now. You know, when you close them, I think they don't do it for a month or so, but I decided to close that. It was just a distraction. I just want one channel. You know, I'm simplifying, simplifying and focusing. So if, if you're not following me on Twitter, if you follow me on the old account, I'm going to disappear on that old account. You need to be following me on Twitter at, at Paul Teague UK. And that's where I put everything uh, on Twitter. And frankly, it's my favorite channel for that kind of stuff. I, I, you know, I do what I have to on Facebook. I prefer Twitter as an author. It works best for me. Okay. That is it. 40 minutes, you see. And that would have all had to wait till January. I said I got a lot uh, that I'd done. It's been, well, I love weekends like that when I had no expectation of doing anything and I got loads done, just absolutely loads done. Um, so I just wanted to share that with you. And so all the news you get when I come back from Spain will be things that I've done in Spain now and also get set for the next four podcast they're pre-recorded but it doesn't matter because i'm reviewing the year and i'm looking forward to the year ahead got another interview next week i'll have another diary update for you a pre-recorded diary update for you on saturday in the meantime i hope you have a fabulous week of writing and i really am off to spain now honest there won't be any more podcast diaries i'm on my way by the time this drops into the feed i will be in the air heading for the betty dawn sunshine have a great christmas and new year i'll see you in january bye-bye for now Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.